Hello and welcome to another episode of Bright Future with your host, Samuel Adams. But please, call me Sam. This is a political and philosophical podcast that follows current events, primarily in the United States. Here we look at our nation's and our world's laws, views, people, and issues, our possible solutions to those issues, as well as how we might do better, so that there may one day be a bright future. As always, the rules. Do not insult others, but instead discuss and debate each other's argument in a respectful manner. Take into account new information, perspectives, and ideas, and keep your own opinions flexible in order to match them. Do not attribute to malice that which could be attributed to stupidity. Keep in mind that simpler explanations that make the least assumptions are more likely to be correct, and that which can be stated without evidence can also be dismissed without evidence. However, there are two exceptions to this for basic universal truths like the Earth is an oblate spheroid and the derivative of x squared is 2x. And lastly, extraordinary claims require extraordinary evidence in order to prove. While I do usually record these episodes live in a voice chat that anyone is free to join, this podcast is not yet popular enough to regularly have other members join and follow these rules. That being said, these rules stand also for the comments if you're listening to this on YouTube, or for the chat room if you're in my Discord server. They also apply directly to me, and I always keep them in mind while writing and recording these episodes. With no further delay, let's begin. This is the 19th episode of this series, and it comes to mind that I've been posting a lot of my opinions here without really explaining where I'm coming from for most of them. So for this week, I thought I would tell you more about me, my background, and where my opinions are coming from, my core beliefs, if you will. Unfortunately, most of my memories are pretty foggy. As I try to delve into different aspects of why I, I do the things that I do, things get really confusing. Still, I'll do my best to more explain my background. I was raised in what I believe to be a fairly unique environment. I grew up on a farm without really many other kids in the neighborhood around because the nearest neighbor was a mile away. However, both my parents are teachers, so I still went to an otherwise normal school. However, the school was always an dr hour's drive away each way. So, I really hate long commutes. There's a reason that now I live two miles away from my workplace. At school, I started out rather extroverted, but also pretty close-minded. Throughout elementary school, I tended to think that everyone had a similar background to me and had a difficulty understanding a variety of different home lives. As a result, I never had more than two or three people around me that I would call a close friend at any given time. However, I was fairly ready to strike up a conversation with darn near anyone about anything. Or, I was for most of elementary school, but because this kind of made interruptions for the class, both my teachers and my parents reprimanded me pretty harshly for all of this. Now, I almost never strike up a conversation, apart from this podcast. However, if someone approaches me, I gladly jump in. All of these factors, growing up on a farm, so no ready access to the internet, combined with few friends and no ways to communicate with them outside of school, and a long time of sitting in a car and doing nothing every day, meant that I pretty quickly discovered reading, and did so avidly at nearly every chance I had. If you're what people might consider a nerd, you might have heard of a book series called Animorphs. It's a really fun, though kind of silly, science fiction series that's about 60 books long for 5th to 8th grade readers. 
The basic premise is that mind-controlling aliens are invading Earth and the only thing standing in their way is a handful of kids who have the ability to morph into animals, but only for two hours at a time or they would be stuck forever. I read the entire 60-ish book series in about six months' time through fifth grade. See, I was in Montessori instead of regular classes. In theory, it meant that I had time in class to work on homework so that I would never need to take anything home. In practice, I finished my work really early, so I'd have a few hours every day in class to just read through these books, and I got through at least one or two of them every day. By the time I finished the series, I wanted more. I'd read just about anything you'd put in front of me, as long as I wouldn't find it directly embarrassing if other people found out that I was reading about it. Science fiction, though, was always my favorite. Distinctly that comes to mind while writing this episode is the BZRK novels. It's a novel about micro-robots that link directly to your brain that can be used in all kinds of covert spy operations, assassination, surveillance, things like that. In this example, and other science fiction novels, led me to get more interested in the topics they were based in. So, for BZRK, it led me to learn more about robotics and smaller robotics, or other topics that the science fiction novels that I read touched on, like for Star Trek it would be space travel. Then, one Christmas, my parents got me and my brother the Smithsonian Encyclopedia of Knowledge, which covered the basics of almost every scientific topic between space travel and termite hills. I probably memorized the thing, but most of it is just surface-level introductory knowledge to individual topics. While writing this, I also had the random impulse to just include, I like puzzles. I honestly couldn't tell you why, though. No one thing that I can think of led to why I like solving problems or doing things efficiently. Still, I like puzzle games or working on solving ARGs or streamlining processes to make them more efficient, which made me very good at my job. I suppose it's why I've stated a few times, no need to reinvent the wheel. Not every country has the same problems. It means that we as a human race at some point in our history or somewhere in the world have probably already solved most of the issues our society currently faces. So my opinion is that we should take these solutions that have worked in the past or worked in just one specific area and implement them globally or at least nationwide. Sure, it may cause new issues, but again, those may have already been solved in the past as well. So we could just implement that fix as long as it's morally right. Speaking of morals, something that's pretty popular in psychology is the trolley problem. The trolley is headed towards five people that are all tied to a track, and you can divert it onto another track, but someone close to you, like a friend or family member, is tied to that track. Do you divert the trolley or not? It's an interesting complex scenario. Before you even factor in the question, does the action of pulling the lever mean you are guilty of murdering your loved one? Still, I have an answer for this scenario that is undoubtedly the best answer. Pull the lever only halfway to derail the trolley so that no one tied to the track is injured. What do you mean then you'll kill everyone on the trolley? Okay, fine. With the scenario locked into those specific parameters with no sneaky loopholes like cutting the ropes or derailing the trolley, 
I personally think that you should opt for the outcome with the most life preserved and the least death, even if it is more painful for you to make that option. However, without actually facing the scenario, I couldn't tell you if I'd be willing to pull that lever or not. Impulse decisions can even be a factor. Philosophy should be banned from my brain, because this is the kind of question that keeps me up in the day. Not, what if people secretly hate you, or just acting polite kind of thing, but instead, deep moral things that will probably never apply. I mentioned earlier that my memories were a little bit foggy. They at least get more clear as I get into high school, specifically my sophomore year. I changed high schools after my freshman year to go to a new program, the Air Force Junior Reserve Officer Training Corps. A lot of people have strong opinions on ROTC programs. It's a military program by the military in a high school. However, I personally don't think that they're a bad thing. There's no requirement to join the military, and your parents aren't even allowed to encourage you or make you to join this program. You, as a person, have to choose to join it. Or, in the case of you being a parent and you have a student, your student needs to be the one to choose to join that program. And if they don't want to be in that program, the program will throw them out even if you want them to be in it. There's no requirement to join the military or anything like that either. It does involve wearing the uniform and a lot of buzzwords like discipline, responsibility, respect, and self-control. In practice, it means that in three years I went from being overtly antisocial in my freshman year to just an introvert but comfortable talking with others in my senior year. I did look pretty good in the uniform, and it was actually pretty comfortable, too. Then I went off to college, and the only other person I knew from my same school who went to the same college I did, because I went to an out-of-state college, was my middle school bully. So I regressed back into being an overtly antisocial person pretty quickly. I also became really upset and didn't mesh well with how my professors taught, because instead of teaching what I needed to know in class like most of my high school classes, my professors instead just gave very baseline information that expected each of us students to learn about a topic on our own outside of class. After a decade of learning and doing everything in class, I simply just could not adjust to that and felt that I shouldn't need to adjust to that. After all, I am paying my professors thousands of dollars, or at least a few hundred dollars per class, so they should be teaching me the subject that I'm paying them to teach me. It was also around this time during the summer that I began live streaming. Shortly after, the pandemic hit in 2020, and that was the final nail in the coffin for my advanced education. My professors canceled classes all right, and didn't expect, and still expected, homework to be accomplished on time. They didn't switch to digital learning or give any assistance whatsoever. That was enough for me, and I just dropped out and instead found a decently well-paying entry-level job, got my own apartment in less than six months, I worked hard, and got promoted a few times, and that's where I am now. A 21-year-old who managed to become financially independent from his parents two years ago, during a pandemic, raging at the issues of our world and wants to actually do something to fix them, rather than watch politicians squabble constantly. Remember earlier how I told you how much I liked science fiction books? 
Recently, I finished reading the Ark of the Scythe trilogy by Neil Shusterman. I'll limit spoilers, but a quick overview of what's relevant for the rest of this episode. The story takes place at some time in the future, where technology has advanced to the point that we can reverse the aging process, called turning a corner. And unless most of your body is totally eradicated, you can be healed from anything. Fall off a building? It's actually a hobby that some people do. It's called splatting, and you'll walk out of the hospital fully recovered in less than a week. This immortality is made possible by a naturally occurring AI that evolved from the internet. The cloud became the Thunderhead. The, the Thunderhead rules the entire world, except for the Scythedom, but that's spoiler stuff. It's a truly impartial AI that managed to create a perfect utopia. Again, except for the Scythedom. It got me thinking that if other methods of government exist and had never been thought up before, and if those exist, is being governed by a truly impartial artificial intelligence something that we might be comfortable with? Or even want? Because it would be able to solve all problems as a perfect judge, but a truly unbiased AI is probably impossible to create and poses a whole host of moral questions. Instead, for now, I think we should just stick with democracy. Speaking of which, there's an election coming up. I wonder who I should vote for and why I should vote for them. Coming up next week, I'll explain the process I'm using to research and choose who to vote for. With my essay session for the week over, this is the part of the episode where I would normally join the voice chat in my Discord server. However, with me still recovering from a surgery, I wasn't really up for that this week and thought that the other last that other than the last thing about the AI ruling our society, there isn't much to debate here. So for this week, thank you for listening to this episode of Bright Future. Feel free to comment if you're watching this episode on YouTube or discuss this and other topics in my Discord server with me and my other listeners. Anyone, even you, are free to join in when new episodes are recorded at 7pm Central every Monday. They are also recorded live on Twitch at The Storm AI. The episodes are then released every Tuesday at 6pm Central, so I'll see you back here next week.